This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. The maniacal laughter in the background of that, that's me. That's me. Just raising my hand here. Anytime we can get a Tommy Boy reference, and it's kind of dead on, where Carlin's like, Christy, like, wingy. I'm, I'm going to roll with it. We're rolling with Chad Brown today. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Randy Scott, the disembodied, you know, maniacal laughter that you just heard. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, reminding you that the 2023 NFL Draft is on ESPN Radio. It's presented by Boost Mobile. Second and third round coverage begins tonight at 6 p.m., Eastern Time on most ESPN radio stations, as well as on Sirius XM uh, Channel 80. Chad, what's up, man? It's nice to meet you. This using air quotes you can't see on radio, so we're off to a great start. But nice to meet you. Uh, were you checking in from from Denver on your second radio show of the day? I am uh, checking in from Arizona. Arizona, actually, uh, my second radio show of the day. Uh, I did my show back in Denver, able to do that remotely, like I'm doing this broadcast. And yes, nice to virtually meet you, and also. Happy Friday to you, my friend. Oh man, the Preakin vibes are here, but Vibes Day—it's just we, we're trying to get it a thing. I get eye rolls from Shannon and Eric in the control room, so you don't have to deal with that in Arizona, which is good. And the reason I had Denver in my head not only because the radio shows there, but because I remember you as a Buffalo. And I'm curious. At some point over the next three hours, we'll get your own draft night memory, second round pick in the '93 draft that itself had two quarterbacks at the top of. It was Bledsoe and it was Rick Myra. And I remember there being a debate about those two back in the day. There was a big-time debate. Now, obviously, Rick Myers' uh, career didn't quite pan out as well as Drew Bledsoe, so uh-uh. we'll see how the future, what the future holds for these quarterbacks here in the first round. You know, I was surprised to see Anthony Richardson go to the Colts uh, as early as he did. Uh, the first two picks, Bryce and CJ, I expected those to be the picks. No surprise there, but Anthony Richardson certainly a surprise for me. I was surprised to see CJ. I guess ultimately it didn't matter because of what Houston was able to do, you know, to move up those nine spots for their second pick and come up and make picks two and three. The third time in the common draft era we've seen a team make two selections in the first three picks. And Houston had their marked men, right? I mean, they wanted C.J. Stroud. They wanted Will Anderson Jr. And I looked at Stroud and I saw relief. And knowing a little bit from the Sports Center show that we did this morning, a little bit of the agent conversations, we talked about it with Dan Graziano and talked about it with Ryan Clark. Uh, C.J. Stroud's representation didn't know that Houston was taking him second overall. So what you saw on C.J.'s face, in my opinion, Chad, looked like a guy who'd had his name dragged through the mud a little bit over the last couple of weeks, the most important weeks of his football career to that point, and that was relief. And if anything, you could see the chip being formed on his shoulder as he's walking up to talk to the commissioner because he's hell-bent now on proving people wrong. When they release the test results, the the test that is supposed to be able to tell a a quarterback's processing ability and you score as poorly as C.J. Stroud scored, that's got to hurt. That's got to be a a, a bit of a a wound for you. So for him to be able to move forward despite that those results being released and then to be still be the second pick in the draft had to be a huge relief for him and as he pointed out that was my test watch the tape watch how i passed those tests not some other tests that's supposed to do something it's so interesting when we're talking about the draft and the combine and this whole time of the year for the football season that we lose track somewhere of the actual tape we talk about size and explosiveness and potential and upside and all these different measurables and testing things. Watch the football tape. Last time I checked, good football players show up on tape. You just gotta, <laughs> that's all you got to do is watch the tape. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. The tape doesn't lie. So we move and we can sort of pivot off of you know what we saw from C.J. Stroud. The uh, picks one through five were, I, I guess, chalky in terms of talent, but how Houston was able to take those those two picks in the top three, that stood out as a big surprise. Let's get to the biggest surprises of the first round. Chad, I know the Texans are where you want to start. Texas is absolutely where I want to start to see them go out and get uh, their quarterback, C.J. Stroud, with the number two pick and then trade to get Will Anderson with the number three overall pick. I got to give Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan's a lot of credit there. When you identify your guys and you've got a bulk of draft picks, the Texans still have 10 picks left in this draft. Uh, when you have that kind of draft capital, go up and make some moves to get some guys who are going to be the kind of the cornerstones for your program. It's nice to see D'Amico Ryan's a former linebacker, go out and get a linebacker with his, that third pick overall mm-hmm. with Will Anderson, who may be the most worry-free defensive player in the draft. I think Jalen Carter is the most talented defensive player in the draft, but clearly there comes with him a lot of off-the-field concerns. For Will Anderson, there's none of that. A guy who was productive in high school, productive every single year at Alabama, in my opinion, comes into this draft as the most surefire guy. I can't say he's going to be a Hall of Fame or even an All-Pro, but I think he's definitely yeah. going to be a very productive player for the Houston Texans. He's, he came in seemingly with the lowest risk, I think, of any of yes. the top five picks. And you could even put Bryce Young, who we knew was going to go number one you could put him at the in that question mark sort of bucket because of his size right I mean he what water weight whatever it was at the combine to check in at 204 uh he might have been under 200 by the time he left Indianapolis but he got over that 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 number and that was all people needed to see because again what you said about the tape and about that being the ultimate measuring stick uh you know cemented Bryce Young so his Alabama teammate goes third overall you mentioned Anthony Richardson, and we had this debate a little bit on the show yesterday where I, I we were talking about Will Levis, and trust me, we'll get to Will Levis. Eric, I thought, was just heartless. He said, more like, won't Levis, and I was like, that's pretty mean. Uh, but <laughs> he's in there laughing, more like, won't hear his name called Levis, and I was like, Eric, that's insensitive. Uh, but for <laughs> for Anthony Richardson, it was, for me, a matter of, okay, you have a physical specimen, raw talent, only the 13 starts, why wouldn't, though, you choose that over a guy in Will Levis, multi-year starter, but whose numbers were trending in the wrong direction? And not just completion percentage numbers. We're talking about protecting the football numbers. Numbers that are reflective in, in the eyes of, it, it turns out, 32 NFL teams. The numbers that reflect decision-making as well. Yeah, it's, you know, the Anthony Richardson-Will Levis conversation is a very interesting one because you've got, a, a, to your point, a phenomenal athlete in Anthony Richardson, a guy whose measurables are absolutely off the chart, but whose quarterback play leaves something to be desired. And you've got a guy in Will Levis who's not only nicked up with the toe, which could be a further issue, uh, we're hearing some rumors about that, but had a greater production his two years ago than what he had last year. And last year he had a... NFL coordinator coordinating that offense at Kentucky. Uh, So I think that brought up a lot of questions about him. And then his processing speed in the pocket, his his ability to release the football on time and his desire to hold the football too long, those are very concerning for me. In in the end, the NFL quarterbacking job, Mm. you can be a tremendous athlete and and escape the pocket. But if you're going to be a pocket guy who's going to make his living in the pocket, you've got to get that ball out of your hands. And for Will Levis, too often last season, he was guilty of holding on the ball far too long. Can't argue with the... uh... With the stats from Anthony Richardson in rolling out, extending plays, making plays outside of the pocket, uh, Shane Steichen is your new Colts head coach. He spoke on how he plans to develop his fourth overall pick. 
the development of players comes with more experience, right? 13 starts, uh, I think when you play more, that's how you develop. You know what I mean? So with him playing and his experience as a player and getting more reps, right, practice reps, game reps, that's how you develop. All right, so that's the plan. Here's how the decision came to be. Dan Graziano was on Keyshawn J. Will and Max this morning on ESPN Radio. You can hear it at 6 a.m. Eastern time. He Obviously, the NFL insider plugged in yesterday when he wasn't some of the initial whispers on the Lamar Jackson deal coming together. He then had draft night duties. Here's his insight as to why the Colts went with Richardson. What the Colts think about uh, Richardson is sky-high upside, and it's a it's one of these picks, Key, and you see this a lot. Like This is a pick that says we believe in our coaching staff. Right, we, we hired Shane Steichen away from the Eagles. We feel like his creativity and his ability and his experience to kind of identify a young quarterback's strengths and weaknesses and lean on the former while ironing out the latter uh, is uh, going to be helpful. Steichen was in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. He was uh, in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert, who played earlier in his rookie year and, and better, I think, than his rookie year than people expected. So I think they feel like Steichen and his staff are in a position where they can get the most out of this guy on whatever the timetable is. All right, you can get the most out of him, that's fine, but what is the timetable, truly, because of how raw the skills are? Uh, you know, if you're on this roster, and let's say you're not in your first, let's say you're not on your rookie contract here, Chad. Let's say you're on that roster, and you see your team hand the keys over to this talented but raw prospect. What are you thinking? Oh, man, I'm thinking we got at least a two-year window here because of the lack of uh, experience and starts back in college. The issues with him are not just, oh, he just needs some time and some seasoning. Uh, it's hard to be a great thrower of the football when your feet are all, all over the place. And his footwork is very, very inconsistent. You know, less than 500 dropbacks in college football. With that few dropbacks, what is your processing speed like? Are you literally just locked in on your number one receiver? And then the touch aspect. He's an incredible athlete, maybe the greatest athlete ever to be drafted to play NFL quarterback. That says something because we got Lamar Jackson in the league. I played with a guy like Cordell Stewart, who before he became the quarterback for the Steelers, lined up at receiver yeah. and beat NFL quarterbacks as a cornerbacks as a receiver. So this to say he's maybe the greatest athlete ever at the quarterback position is really high praise. But playing quarterback is more than having a, a powerful arm. It's about touch. It's about accuracy. Mm-hmm. And he only throws pure lasers. The touch aspect hasn't even begun to enter his game just yet. The touch aspect on a deep ball, tremendous. We know about the stats on touchdown passes, 50 or more yards downfield. It was impressive among his SEC counterparts. It was impressive among uh, FBS counterparts last year. But the completion percentage was low, and he didn't seem to improve as the season went on. And some of that maybe is reflected in, in, in Florida football. But if Florida football is at a certain level in the SEC, Kentucky football yesterday, or last season rather, was at a, a different level and not necessarily in a positive direction. Will Levis's regression statistically from 2021 into 2022 was notable. There are those who will cape for Will Levis and say, hey, listen, that's a Josh Allen-esque you know, transition, right? Like Josh Allen had better numbers in his second to last year at Wyoming than he did in his final year. And it's because he lost NFL caliber talent, right, to, to the draft. His supporting cast wasn't as good. But you touched on some of the decision-making issues, and that factors into what Todd McShay said. This, he was on SportsCenter last night. He's our ESPN NFL draft analyst. He was on with Scott Van Pelt. He offered this explanation as to why Levis fell out of the first round. 
You look at the 23 interceptions the last two years, that's the only two guys that were worse than him, and they both had three, at least 300 pass attempts in uh, Aiden O'Connell and Sam Hartman. So the percentage of turnovers was a big problem. I think inside the pocket, the biggest thing studying tape was inside the pocket when he was bottled up a little bit and pressure started to come. I don't think he trusted his eyes, and he didn't quite see the whole field. That was a big issue. He came off as kind of not having ideal personality and maybe some, some arrogance and some cockiness in his meetings. That's a team-by-team basis. But ultimately, the turnovers and the style of play, too, is an issue because he plays a quarterback position like a linebacker, and we saw the toll it took on his body this past year. A lot of teams I talked to are worried that he's going to be a Carson Wentz case when it's all said and done if he doesn't learn how to protect his body better. That name. That Carson Wentz name. Again, that's Todd McShay on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt last night. That Carson Wentz invocation there. I mean, listen, you can get compared to guys whose careers maybe haven't gone the right way. Wentz seems like a lightning rod. He seems like a like a third rail right now among football circles. And it's kind of a, for lack of, I mean, it's a fresh stink. You know what I mean? Like Carson Wentz was kicking around, <laughs> kicking around a year ago, a year and a half ago. So when you get compared to someone who has struggled mightily now in three different uniforms, and that's a draft comp among folks making those decisions. I mean, Chad, it's no surprise he didn't, he didn't hear his name called last night. Yeah, if if it's more than just Todd McShay who's thinking of Carson Wentz when you're thinking about Will Levis, that's a that's a ugly uh, name to be associated with as far as drafting the quarterback because he's a guy. Yeah, to your point, he was washed out with multiple opportunities. Uh, Will Levis just I, I I like the confidence, but then you can get too cocky. You can become Baker Mayfield esque. Um, I like a quarterback who's willing to you know, put his body at risk to win a football game. Um, so Josh Allen obviously gets by with that. You can do that. But at the same time, your job as an NFL quarterback, I say this all the time, is not to play on Sunday. It's to play every single Sunday. Your availability is always going to be your greatest ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with the toe injury, with concerns about that, with the style of play, plus all the other issues, there's like some clear reasons why this guy has slid so far. And I, I think for Anthony Richardson, there was there's such hope about the upside. If we can just get this guy to play to his upside, and I have yet to meet an NFL coach who does not think he can somehow make a guy better, <laughs> uh, I can see why the Colts did what they did. While I may disagree, I can see why they did what they did. But for Will Levis, there's just so many red flags about this. Um, I can see why he slid now into the second round. Although Detroit Lions are picking 34, and I think they've got a, a need for a future guy at that position, so maybe he won't be last very long here in the second round. Okay, that... That dovetails nicely as you're listening to Chad Brown and Randy Scott in for the guys at Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Uh, that that leads nicely into where Levis, you know, could land. Like how 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 long will he have to wait tonight in night number two of the NFL draft before he hears his name called? Because we have a little bit of breaking news out of Indianapolis. I love that. It's like I should hear like Ted Koppel like in the background. In the background. So this is Jim Ursay on Twitter. This was at two thirty seven p.m. Eastern time. This is the man himself. And if you follow his account, like I don't think he hands it over to his social media manager. I think this is Jim Ursay. Colts fans, multiple ellipses. Would you take Will Levis at number two if you're on the board for the Colts in four hours from now? Several question marks, football emojis, and go Montana Young for the franchise. He's talking about. He's comparing Anthony Richardson and Will Levis in the same draft class to Montana and Young. And I can no longer see Chad Brown on the Zoom. He's leaned so far back to process this from Jim Ursay, Colts owner. As the Colts pick 
spot behind the Lions, as you mentioned tonight? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Jim Mersey has had some substance abuse <laughs> concerns in his past. Hopefully this is not a recropping up of those issues. I am not a fan of powerful people trying to play this social media game and ask about these important decisions uh, through the fan base. I know it's so, uh, you, it makes the fans feel engaged. Um, it just feels irresponsible for an NFL owner to be doing this. It feels almost disrespectful to Anthony Richardson and Shane Steichen and the decision they made to go up and get him in the, with the fourth pick of the draft. Uh, what's to be gained from this? Are you really going to glean through their, your replies and go report to your GM and your coach? Hey, this is what uh, a fan said in, in Indy. This is what other fans said. In, in you know, it's just come on, come on. I love Jim that. I love that idea that he's going to go through his mansions and see like you know Peyton Manning forever. And, you know, for, forever 305 and be like, you know what, guys? We got to do it. We got to pull this. He's just plinking on a guitar. He's got, like, Mick Jagger's first guitar from, like, the Get Back era. And he's just like, you know what? I think maybe we need to go ahead and two quarterbacks. It would be a borderline franchise dereliction of duty for them to do that. They have other areas of issue, including who's Anthony Richardson going to throw to. All due respect to Michael Pittman, but I don't know that he's a, a bona fide, you know, rubber-stamped number one wide receiver in this league. He's, he feels like a 1A. So who is Richardson going to throw to? It's just fascinating. You're right. It's a content factory out there. If you had to choose, though, two of the names that was that were getting a little bit of steam at quarterback to be first-round selections, Chad, that was Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee uh, by way of Virginia Tech, and Will Levis, which quarterback would you want? I'm going to go with Will Levis on this one. Uh, Hendon Hooker, older guy. I think he maybe has maxed out his uh, potential and the offense they ran in Tennessee is not an NFL style of offense. What they ran in Kentucky with Will Levis was essentially the West Coast system. So he walks into the league at least armed with some knowledge of terminology, of route combinations and route progressions, how that whole offense clicks and works, uh, versus Hendon Hooker, who's going to have to relearn a whole new style of offense. So not only just the injury concern about Hendon Hooker with the ACL, but now we got to worry about his ability to process a NFL-style system that would be nothing close to what he ran back in college. All right, so we're going to dive more into who's going to take Will Levis, where he could go tonight, and why I think he doesn't have to wait too long uh, to go ahead and make dinner plans there in Kansas City. I think he's going to go pretty early tonight. And could he be Geno Smith's successor in Seattle? Uh, I don't know. Did Seattle make sense as a landing nest for him? That and more. It is Chad Brown, Randy Scott, and for the guys, after this word from Indeed. If April is showering your company with open positions, then check out Indeed. Their powerful hiring platform makes it simple to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. Then invite them to apply and get connected. No more jumping from site to software to cell phone. You can easily schedule and conduct virtual interviews all on the Indeed dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash credit. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. With the 20th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Jackson. Mm, let's go, man. <laughs> let's go. Ohio State. Come on, Jax. Stop playing with them. That's great. Yeah, for sure. That's going to be a great, ooh. Him and, uh, uh, him and Gino, that's tough. <laughs> that is the voice of C.J. Stroud reacting on ESPN Radio to his Ohio State teammate Jackson Smith and Jig by hearing his name called uh, later in the evening as uh, as Jax, as he called him, is going to hook up with Geno Smith out there in Seattle and form a pretty potent one-two punch out there uh, in 12th man land, considering Chad Brown that he doesn't have to worry about you know primary coverage, right? You got DK Metcalf uh, working out there as well. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. He is Chad Brown. I'm Randy Scott. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and you can join the conversation on the CC call-in line, 1-888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And joining us right there, right now, is KJ Wright, former linebacker and Super Bowl champ there uh, with the Seahawks. I also had, let's not downplay the year the Raiders, man. You know, I watched that man fly around. He could still do it. I appreciate you, KJ Wright. Uh, I'm just, you know, getting your reaction as, you know, we'll, we'll get to Seattle having two second round picks tonight and what they could do with it. But what do you make of the selections last night? They get guys who are going to go against each other, it seems like, you know, at rookie minicamp in uh, Devin Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Last night we hit a grand slam. I was sitting there watching. I'm like, what are we going to do at number five? I didn't think it was going to be Jalen Carter. But for those guys to make that secondary all the way complete, you have Quandre Diggs, you have Jamal Adams, you have who should have been defensive rookie of the year, Tariq Woodland. This is now a complete secondary. This guy is tall. He's physical. 
he'll hit you. He's sticky in coverage. Witherspoon was the perfect pit for the Seahawks. Then you go on the other side of the ball where you'll get in Jigma, who's, who's obviously the best receiver come out of this draft. You pair him with D.K. Metcalf. You pair him with Tyler Lockett. You have Kenneth Walker at the running back spot. Just paid him Geno Smith at the quarterback spot. So the sky's the limit for this football team. I really and truly believe that we're we're getting closer. We're not quite there yet, but we're getting close to competing with the San Francisco 49ers pick up their division. So phenomenal night last night. Another uh, Seahawk linebacker alum. Um, as Randy pointed <laughs> out, yeah, the Seahawks have the 37th pick and the 52nd pick, two picks in the second round. Uh, defensively, I still think there's some holes to fill. Where do you think they're going to go with those picks? I look for them. This is a very deep edge class. You think they'll go edge, or is it a possibility they maybe try to get a quarterback of the future, a guy like Will Levis or a Hendon Hooker? Uh, I know Pete Carroll says nice things about Geno Smith and Drew Locke, but let's face it, he's got to start planning for the future as well. Absolutely. And when you look at Geno Smith's contract, it's essentially a one-year deal. The, the last two are, are not guaranteed. And so you got to look at it. Geno Smith is in year 11. Hendon Hooker is a very, very good quarterback. I know he's 25, coming off of the ACL. But when I watch this man tape, when I see what he did last year, playing in the SEC, beating Alabama, putting up all those points, SEC Offensive Player of the Year, he is a phenomenal talent. And so I had him going in the first round. I do believe that if he does fall to the Seahawks in the second round, do not be surprised if Hooker comes off the board. And so whichever team he does go to, he's going to make them that much better. He can learn from Geno Smith, get scout team reps, you know, going to the offseason, OTAs next year, and ready to take the full, full starting role. So I love him and Hooker. I believe, he's off the, I believe he's coming off the board early. Would it be earlier than Will Levis, though? I, you feel for someone, you feel for a young man who – either has information or intel or a combination of of the two, KJ, who's just sitting there broadcast to the world watching the worst night of his life play out. Um, I don't know how something like that happens. I don't know if the agent is told one thing and NFL front offices believe another. I don't know if the draft fell a certain way. But how does a night like that happen last night where a guy in Will Levis, who a lot of mocks had in the first five picks, doesn't hear his name called? I blame those guys. It's, it's their fault. It's the male <laughs> Kuypers of the world. It's the, it's the NFL insiders. It's all their fault. When you, guys that you know, know ball, he's like, yeah, he's cool, but we're talking, I heard number two overall pick. How do you go from number two overall pick to the second round? And so for the ones that put that information out there, shame on those guys. And so this is just a part of Levis' story. It is unfortunate to see him have to sit there. But it depends on how does he take this moment. Does he take this moment and, like, use this to fuel him, use this to prove every team wrong? You got to should have taken me as the first overall quarterback? Or does he let this moment get to him? And so this is part of his journey. I had to wait 99 uh, picks to hear my name call. Mm-hmm. He's going to get his name call, and it's all about what does he do when he gets to his football team. KJ, uh, I talked about the Seahawks defense having some holes to fill. Well, they brought in our our boy B. Swags. Bobby Wagner returns to the Mm -hmm. Seahawks. Uh, I I know the connection between him and you was incredibly tight. Uh, What does his return mean, not just for the Seahawks defense, but the overall team as well? Well, I just told Bobby, I said, Bobby, this is all about your legacy at this point. Before you left Seattle, yes, you were one of the greatest linebackers to ever do it. You know, had all the records. But we're talking about no one else ever wearing the number 54 jersey. That's only uh, Cortez Kennedy, Walter Jones, Steve Largent. We're talking about no one ever wearing the number 54 jersey again. 
um, Cam Champ, they wear number 31. They wear number 25. Somebody probably wear number three when, you know, coming soon. So what he's doing now is just adding to his first ballot Hall of Fame resume. And so he's going to continue to pass the stats. He's going to, you know, give more sacks, more interceptions. But this is just going down one of the history as when it comes to the best defensive player, probably the best player to ever wear a Seahawks uniform. All right, KJ Wright, no slouch in a Seahawks uniform in your own right. Let's get your dry run. This will be a rehearsal for your announcement of the second round pick tonight for the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks, which you're going to do there. Are you in, you're doing that from Kansas City, right? Live in KC. I, I'm here. I'm here okay. live in person. I'll be making the second pick right. tonight. So let's run through it. So I'm going to come out. I don't know if it's going to be Commissioner Goodell. I don't know if it's going to be the Deputy Commissioner. <laughs> but they come out and they say here to make the selection for the Seattle Seahawks is Super Bowl champion and recently retired Seahawks linebacker <laughs> K.J. Wright. <laughs> and K.J., KJ Will, you come let's up. Let's make some noise. Let's go. Will, I can't hear you. Seahawks. <laughs> That's how it's going to go today. Get the crowd pumped up, and I hope I announce a name that I can't pronounce. I don't want any... <laughs> African names or Samoan names, give me a John Doe and life will be good. I, I just hope it's, I hope it's a future Hall of Famer so that your name and your announcement is always <laughs> tied to those reels that will run here uh, on SportsCenter in like 10, 15 years. KJ, thanks for the time. Congrats again on, the, on calling it a career, what a career it was, and have fun tonight. Thank you, fellas. Thanks, KJ. KJ Wright joining us, uh, as all guests do, on the CC call-in line, 888-729-3776. Chad, you notice he did not. Make a prediction as to who Seattle will take tonight. I did notice that. <laughs> smart, smart man, that KJ. Company man. All right. Can Bryce Young and Carolina compete for a playoff spot right away? We're going to take a look around at where these three rookie quarterbacks landed last night and who has an inside shot and the best shot at the first playoff spot. That's Chad Brown, Randy Scott, and for the guys, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. With the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. The Carolina Panthers now have the best quarterback in the NFC South. So now it's up to that team to make sure that they don't screw it up. Yeah, you got the music in you. That's fine. You got a, you got a playoff trip in your future if you're Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. The NFC, man, we're going to take a look around. There, there's, there's a real shot. Don't roll your eyes at a rookie quarterback leading his team to the playoffs. It's Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. Uh, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. He is Chad Brown. I'm Randy Scott. Chad's at Arizona. I am not, so he wins. He's he's leading He's leading the location clubhouse right now. Uh, the CC call-in line is 888-SAIT-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And we were talking about it pre-show, Chad, and it was a conversation that I think the longer it went, the more we realized how viable it was. But you look at Bryce Young going first overall, and you look at the situation with Carolina and Frank Reich and who's still there, who's not. You know, they trade D.J. Moore in the offseason. And you look around and bring in Miles Sanders from Philadelphia. You know, a guy who's certainly capable of a 12-, 1,300-yard season. And you say, oh, no, that team can't compete for a playoff spot. I don't know that we jumped to that conclusion so quickly. In your eyes, could Bryce do that? Could Bryce Young lead this team to the postseason in his rookie year? They won 
five of their last seven games. So I know people mm-hmm. think of Carolina because they had number one pick in the draft. It's not made a very good football team. Um, but they managed to, after having a, a bit of a fire sale, getting rid of Christian McCaffrey, uh, Brian Burns was on the trade market. They managed to get it together late in the season and play their best football, give them some momentum going into this offseason. Now you got a new coach, you got a new quarterback. I look for this team uh, to win that division. I believe they are the best team in this division. I know I'll get some arguments from some New Orleans folks. Uh, but as you look at the Carolina roster, you look at some of these pieces they have in place, it's it's definitely a point worth arguing at the very least. I'm going to be one of those New Orleans folks because I, I, I truly do think the Saints win the division. I think they have the best proven quarterback in the division. I don't think it's all that close right now. We don't know what Bryce Young is yet, right? So I would give that nod to Derek Carr. And if Michael Thomas is healthy, which has been a legitimate question over the last three years or so, uh, if Michael Thomas is there with the emergence, obviously, of Chris Olave a year ago, and the one-two punch that they still have at the running back position with Alvin Kamara, and they bring in Jamal Williams, one of the better goal line backs in the league, I feel like offensively they're okay. Better than okay. Offensively, they're the best team in the division. I don't know defensively that they're as good as in years past, but look around the rest. I mean, Kyle Trask in Tampa, nope. Desmond Ritter in Atlanta, how good do they have to be defensively to win this division? Well, I, I think we can almost discount those two teams just by the quarterback position alone, but when you look at Carolina, they've got some horses on their side as well. they got Adam Thielen, picked him up. I think there's still some good football left in that body. Uh, they've got themselves a, a great running back in Miles Sanders. So there's, there's, there's you say somebody for the Saints, I can say somebody for Carolina at that same position who could arguably be in the same category, if not better. So uh, I think maybe it's one of those things we will agree to disagree. And in the words <laughs> of Gary Kubiak, the uh, Broncos' former head coach, we're fixing to find out. We'll, we'll get a chance to see it on the field this season. I'll take Mike Thomas and Chris Olave over DJ Chark and Adam Thielen at this point. I'm looking at Carolina's pass catchers right now. Maybe they surprise you. Maybe they jump up and get somebody tonight. I don't know. Maybe Terrence Marshall is nicer than I'm giving him credit for. I'm not... I'm not positive. I don't, I, and I like Miles Sanders a lot. And I think if they can let him cook down there, if he can be the guy, he's been in, you know, uh, a, a split, a running back split over the last couple of seasons in Philadelphia. He could work. David Newton covers the Panthers. He's our ESPN Panthers reporter. He was on Keyshawn, uh, Keyshawn, Keyshawn J. Will. I combined J. Will and Keyshawn. That's pretty good. And Max. And he talked about he, making the case for why these Panthers have a shot, not just to make the playoffs, but win the division. They believe that the division is there for the taking this year because you, you look around, I mean, Bryce Young, I know you got Derek Carr down in New Orleans, but Bryce Young still may be the best quarterback in this division. Derek Carr is a solid player, but he, he hasn't proven to be a great player yet. So dynamically, I think Bryce Young could be better than him. So, yeah, they feel like that with what they've built, uh, what they have back, the, the players they have, on the defensive side and what they feel like they could do there. They feel like they've got almost a complete team. That quarterback was a one missing piece, and they feel like they've got that in Bryce Young. Oh, so David Newton's going to lure you in with that southern genteel you know, politeness in the accent and then just drop haymakers on Derek Carr where he's like, he's like mm, Bryce Young, who's yet to play a down of NFL football. Uh, all due respect to, to, to Derek Carr, but he may still be Bryce Young, the best quarterback in the division. I mean, just think about the – 
Alabama quarterbacks who are currently in the NFL. Uh, Matt Jones had a successful rookie year. Uh, Jalen Hurts just got paid one of the highest contracts in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tua, while banged up, put together a really good season last year. And now Bryce Young. So what what about Bryce Young's game makes you think that he's not going to follow along the path of those three guys who were before him as far as being Alabama quarterbacks and their success translating from the college game into the NFL? I, the fact that he's smaller than one of them who is injury-prone a year ago, right? I mean, Tua. Now, listen. I think Will Levis. The, the the criticism of the Kentucky quarterback is he doesn't have, He either is a magnet for contact and doesn't know how to fall, or invites contact and plays the game like a linebacker. Well, Tua didn't know how to fall or invited more contact than than was necessary, and he is bigger than Bryce Young. Bryce Young, the best size comp in terms of a you know draft profile was Doug Flutie. You know, it wasn't even Russell. It wasn't even Kyler. Kyler's thicker and sturdier. Like, I think there are legitimate size concerns for Bryce Young. I would argue that there's that there's less of a case to feel confident in Bryce Young playing 17 games in his rookie season than there is for them making the postseason. Wow. Now, he's found a way to avoid any major hits. Mm-hmm. He's got that skill set. Some guys have that. Some guys understand how to make sure they never get a big shot. Now, he got a little bit of the shoulder injury last season. Uh, but outside of that, he's been remarkably healthy. I don't think the size thing is going to be an issue as far as him playing quarterback, but I do share some of those concerns. Uh, your job as an NFL quarterback is to be available all games, and for a guy that size, when you get hit by some of those monstrous human beings, it's almost impossible to protect yourself, as we saw with Tua last season. Now, I think Bryce Young's got a better protection skill set than Tua had, mm. uh, but even despite that, that size is definitely a concerning point. It's got to be for me, and it's got to be for the folks in Carolina as well. If you were to just look around the NFC, we could do this quickly. Philadelphia, San Francisco, they go to the playoffs. Let's say New Orleans in the south, and then pick somebody from the north. Let's say it's Minnesota again, right? That's four teams. I could see, I could see Carolina stringing together enough wins to make a to take a wild card spot because I'm not impressed by the NFC at all. And that's easy to say on the cusp of May, right? April into May. But I look around and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Bryce to lead them to the playoffs. I just don't know about a division title. We'll see. At least Bryce Young has a team. At least Bryce Young heard his name called last night. Will Levis did not. Outside of some draft analysts, we're going to get to the biggest president of the Will Levis fan club. He's going to join us in a fresh hour of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.